Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to the Hamilcast. I am Jillian. Today, I am joined by oh my goodness, Rory O'Malley. Hi, Rory. Hi, fellow podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> I am so excited to be here and see how you run this um, operation. We were like, what do they say? Talking shop. We were. We were. It was all about the podcast. <laughs> Let's podcast about podcasts. Okay, now. I, that's yeah. That but would podcasts be a dream. about theater podcasts. Yeah. Well, I just almost stole your uh, living the dream name. I was like, that would be a dream. Nope, can't use that. Well, right hey, here. sure you can. <laughs> you, we can you, share it. Yes, no. we'll share. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having you, me. Uh, we have been in touch for, I want to say, almost two years-ish. Yeah. At least. At least. I feel like we talked while I was in the show on Broadway. Yeah, I saw you in the show on Broadway. Oh, you did. Oh, in the Hamilton on Broadway. Oh, yeah. And also yeah. in the Book of Mormon yes, on yes, the Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but thank you so much. I know we don't have a ton of time yeah um so i i thank you so much for for being here i'm so so excited that you could uh have me in to oh, talk i i am so excited that you followed up and you were like hey we'll t we'll touch base in may yeah and then you touched base i did in may. yeah yeah <laughs> and finally it worked out because there were times you know it's hard you have a family right and i live in los angeles so right. it's just like when i come to new york it is fast and furious. Sure. It's like trying to see friends and trying to see every show. I have seen like seven or eight shows in a week every time I've come. What have you seen? Well, when did you get here? I just got here uh, a few days ago and I've seen the Share show. Uh, I saw Gary uh, with Nathan Lane mm -hmm. and I'm seeing Ain't Too Proud to Beg mm -hmm. um, with uh, Ephraim Sykes, yes, our, our Hamilton alum. And uh, I... I also saw a production of Sister Act at a like a high school production because oh, <laughs> my friend directed it, uh, Mark Tuminelli, who does Broadway Workshop. That is and fantastic. I saw these like uh, like high school girls put on Sister Act, and they were amazing. Oh, fantastic. They were phenomenal. I was I was blown away by yes. their performances and by my friend Mark, who directed them. Yeah. So I love that you're just keeping busy i mean you yeah. have you have a lovely amazing gorgeous adorable husband oh yes well he, can, <laughs> <laughs> he is yes he's adorable amazing and he also like gives me a harder time than anyone else in the world he makes a lot of fun of me well, so it works yeah 11 uh, years but now you also you're a new dad yeah oh my goodness we were just talking about jimmy yeah yeah oh i have a son congratulations oh my thank that's you unbelievable the photos uh yeah, no, guys, he's he's incredible. We have been in the adoption process for a couple of years. We've had a lot of ups and downs and close calls and excitement and disappointment. And uh, six months ago, we got a call and basically said, there's a baby boy and he's yours. And for the last six months have been the best of my life. I, I, I'm actually, spe listeners, you know that this <laughs> never happens. And, and that, I mean... To go through, because we were just talking off the air about uh, you guys. I call him my Patrick, my I call him my uh, podcast soulmate, Patrick Hines. Uh, and Patrick has has been shouting his story from the rooftops about yeah. getting uh, Daisy. I always want to call her Baby Daisy. She's not really a baby anymore. Right. She's four and a half. Um, but he's been on so many podcasts about that. Um, that I remember process. he told me his story, and it's it's one of the stories that's kept me in the 
the process yeah. and kept me going. Seeing somebody's success and knowing there's light at the end of the tunnel and um, that it's worthwhile going through all of the hardships. Right. And I, you know, I know now why parents who've adopted have said, you will find your child. Mm -hmm. You will get your baby. Um, you know, I thought, well, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And now I, I clung to those people's, the memory of those people saying that to me yeah. because I needed to remember that at the end of all of that, I was going to find Jimmy. I just didn't know it was Jimmy. <laughs> oh my God. And it's, it's so beautiful because you and Patrick have both said that like once it happened, once it was official, Jimmy was here, Daisy was here. People are kind of coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, Hey, do you have a couple minutes to talk yeah. about that? Because it's hard to, it's like I, I was saying, you know, when someone is pregnant, you're not supposed to talk about it for the first couple months right. just because something could go wrong. Sure. And the same thing in that kind of process, right? Like you never know what's. Yeah, no, we, you know, you know we had, I'm, I, I, it, it's been hard to like, I don't want to dwell on the negative parts of it because I want to just enjoy the fact that we have Jimmy, of but I, it's very important that anyone who's looking into the adoption process knows the realities of what other people have gone through. And my husband and I were in a situation uh, with a, a a birth mother for about six months, and just a few days before she gave birth, she changed her mind and decided mm -hmm. to keep the baby. So that was heartbreaking. It right. was devastating, and we had given. Uh, people in our family, you know, noticed like what was going on. But we had also said, you know, we have to not get our hopes up too much. But you know, when you're like, when you've bought the plane ticket, oh, of course, to go to be there for the delivery, you're like, well, it seems like it's going to happen, sure. right? Well, just like in the acting world, <laughs> you, when you think you've been disappointed more than you ever could be, um, right. there's always a new low. But it was, it was, it was. Uh, it, I'm not you know what I'm laughing. I know exactly why you're laughing. I know exactly why you're laughing. And you know, it was funny because when you talk to social workers and people who are in the adoption world, they basically are trying to make sure that you are able to deal with disappointment and rejection. And I'm like, oh yeah, well that's what I do for a living. Um, so yeah, actually, oh, is that all it takes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's it's certainly. On a different scale, because you you know you think that might be your only chance, and so it's right. just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but it was just part of the journey to get to our baby, and um, without a doubt, my husband and I have been together for eleven years, and this situation that we went through and the hardships of of all, all that through the adoption, and now having Jimmy has made us closer than ever, and we've never been happier. So. It's it's definitely was uh, difficult, but my God, so worth it. <laughs> totally. Um, thank you for sharing all of that before of we even dive into the. Yeah, I don't know. The, what are we going to talk about? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I have. I mean, you got you have so many credits, Rory. My goodness, I wrote oh. them out. Um, because we you have a ton of credits, but we don't have a ton of time. So you originated the role of Elder McKinley in the Book of Mormon, and you were nominated for a Tony for your hilarious performance. Yes. Now let me tell you something. I told you a little bit off the air, but I'm going to tell you the full story now. Yeah. So Mike and I, listeners, you know Mike, we saw Book of Mormon in previews, like the second or third preview. Like I think Matt and Trey were, were there were there because it's like, uh, I think Josh Gad like went to ring the bell and it didn't work or something, like something <laughs> kind of early. And it was like, oh, and I was like, this is fantastic. Right, right. Um, and everyone was just 
like knee slapping guffawing laughing i mean the whole place like the roof was coming down everyone was laughing so hard right the people behind me and mike were annoyed at the laughter right and i was kind of like look around look like you (laughs) have to know where you are yeah because you can't come to the the musical about Morans from the South Park guys and like get mad that everyone's laughing. Right. And the woman behind Mike was actually like, sir. And we were like, no. Like, no. no. And I felt bad about that because I know a lot of people are like, you know, and I hate when people are singing, you know, like that, that right. meme where it's like every every actor in Les Mis where it's like sung by the woman behind me, the woman behind yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. singing. It's just no. people la- That's what the show is about. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Okay. You're not wrong. But I've heard this kind of a story many times. Really? Yeah. No, I've heard people saying, yeah, I got in trouble by <laughs> some theater goer and the audience said I was laughing too hard. At the and I'm like, Mormon. honestly, I know that must be annoying but it makes me so happy not that someone's being annoying and saying that to you but that that's how hard everyone's laughing yeah <laughs> you know? like totally. that you're that we're in a show where people are laughing so hard that other people are put off by it yes. you know and like they can go to hell as far totally. as i'm concerned they can go to he double hockey sticks to a spooky mormon hell spooky dream, mormon hell dream. <laughs> it used to be called uh, to H-E double hockey sticks. I guess that was like the version of it before Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. I don't know why I brought it back to the workshop. No, please. Look, you're in the <laughs> right place. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm here for every workshop. It doesn't just have to be a Hamilton work. Mm. I love those stories. Yeah. So it used to just be straight like H-E-double, yeah. not H-E double hockey sticks. H-E double hockey Spooky sticks. Mormon. Yeah. You are condemned to H-E double <laughs> hockey sticks. Like you, so you couldn't say hell. No, of course not. I've lived with that guilt all of my life and the terrible vision that I had that night no please I don't want to go back how down my soul is cast from the earth whence forth he fell the path of fire leads me to spooky Mormon hell dream course then you took over the role of kg3 in hamilton on broadway after groff sauce left the original broadway cast and then you went on to play the role in the first national tour of yeah hamilton. my goodness the california king the california king <laughs> that's amazing um i saw you in new york you're you fantastic oh thank you thank you for yeah, everything i had you do. i had the time of my life getting to be the king it was insane yeah it was in yeah, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I forgot. I was you, like, it's been, Wait, you've been it's so what? removed from it. You were like, she's going I crazy. She's actually going crazy. In I wasn't me. sure where we were going. <laughs> and of course, of course, um, I will, I will try to get faster. Um, please no, don't. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Um, no, it, it was, it was wild because I actually, I went to college with Leslie Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. And so, and with Josh Gad, actually the three of us were in the same class. Yeah. And at Carnegie Mellon, uh, yes. At Carnegie Mellon. And I was visiting, I was living in Los Angeles, and I was visiting New York with Gerald, my husband, and I knew that he was in this off Broadway show at the public, Hamilton, and I was dying to see it, but I was like, 
how am I ever going to get a ticket? I feel terrible asking Leslie, but I was like, I'm not in town. I ha- I have to, I only have a few days. So I, I called Leslie and I was like, hey, if there's anything you can do, he was like, I can put you on the wait list. Put me on a wait list, got a call the day before, I think I got a ticket. We got two tickets. And so I got to see the show at the public and I saw Brian Darcy James and I remember thinking man one day I want to play that game one day that is like a glorious role and then I went back to LA and is it okay to tell this story now? I don't know which story. No, I, w- <laughs> I, I thought I was going to say, Rory, let's rewind and tell me your Hamilton story. Oh, okay. But I love okay. fellow podcasts. You know, I'm like, know I just launch up. right into no, the story it. of Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton. you're on the Hamilcast after all. Yeah, let's do right? it. Um, so, so I knew what it was. You know, I knew, I kind of liken it to when I was a kid and, and listened to Les Mis and that's what made me become a theater fan. And I had... I loved it so much and it was kind of like my dream was to be in Les Mis one day Mm -hmm. you know that was what I wanted Um, and so I certainly thought well one day you know maybe I'll be able to play the king and then I went back to LA and I I think it 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 opened the the cast album came out mm-hmm. and I was doing some other work and I got the album the first day I was in like October yes October 2015 I, right there you yeah. go I was I was like obsessed with it and you know yeah I mean so I'm just saying I was like I was a fan you were one of us yes yeah it was later that year the show had opened on Broadway the the album came out and it was you know a phenomenon and. I was in Los Angeles working on a a TV thing and I got a call or an email. I was with Josh Gad at a Starbucks and got an email and they said, there's an offer for you to be in a Broadway show. This is January of 2016. Mm -hmm. Which is when I started the podcast. I started in January 2016. Well, there you go. See, something was happening. So this has really been in the works for even longer than our Twitter DMs. That's true. Um, So... I got an email, but it wasn't for Hamilton. It was for a show called Nerds. Now, Nerds is probably the biggest part of my Hamilton story, but it's a show that never happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nerds was a Broadway musical that had been uh, going around uh, off-Broadway or regional theaters for like 10 years, and I had never even seen it. I didn't know anything about it. I get this email it's a show about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, about Apple versus Microsoft. And um, I got an offer, not even an audition, didn't even know it. It was an email offer to play Bill Gates on Broadway. And I was like, is this a joke? What is, I don't understand. And I showed Josh the email while we we're sitting in the Starbucks. And he was like, I heard about this. You have to do it. And I was like, we're in that's Los really Angeles. Yeah that's, yeah, that's how he sounds all the time. Um, and I was like, uh, I don't, I, I can't even wrap my head around this. I think it was like a Friday afternoon. I, so I called my agent. I was like, what's going on? And they were like, yeah, there's this offer, but we didn't even know if you'd want to go to New York. And I was like, you, it's the lead in a Broadway show. Like, what like, would that mean that you would like move to New York now? Well, like, what is the, you would basically like, it was a, a moment where I said, okay, well let me read the script, listen to the songs and 
Gerald, my husband and I, we spent the weekend, we literally sat down and read the script together, yeah. listened to the songs, and I was like, well, there's a lot of comedy here. I could have a lot of fun. I've never had a chance to be a lead um, in a Broadway show, so I don't know what kind of box office potential this will have in a year of Hamilton. You know, I was like, Hamilton is this year, so I mean, why, you know, who knows if there's any room for another show? And the reason this was kind of being, it really was being thrown together was because the Long Acre had Allegiance there, at, at, yes. and it closed prematurely early mm -hmm. and so the long acre was open during tony season all of a sudden so the producers of the show nerds were like let's we're ready to go we're gonna jump in and, and put on the show well they basically they must have asked a lot of people and then they came to me no. and oh yes for sure there's no way but that's okay like that doesn't mean that you that you are i'm glad i will take any role that's been offered to other people ahead of me but i'm just saying it was a friday afternoon you know <laughs> and so i was like okay we'll spend this weekend reading it we read through the material and gerald and i were like let's do this let's take a chance on this um he had a great job in in los angeles and he's not in the business. He, he was working in a financial firm. And so I said, all right, um, we need to stay here in Los Angeles. We went out there to start the adoption process. And uh, I had moved him out there. So he had never lived in Los Angeles before, but I had. So, of course, I'm like, let's move out to L.A. And then I'm like, okay, I'll be right back. Those are a lot of conversations that yes. you're having with your person. Yeah, it's why he literally is the greatest husband and partner hmm. not just for me but for anyone he's hmm. he's amazing and uh he was like you have to do this so i agreed to six months and uh, flew out to new york we rehearsed the show for about two and a half weeks we learned the entire thing we're having so much fun it's a big broad comedy and I, you know i'm having a blast i don't know you know where it's going but i'm like I, I loved the people in the room and it was, just felt great. Uh, I think it was uh, in March of 2016, the first week of March, our lead producer walks in just after lunch while we're literally finishing the song finale, which is live your dream. And then we're like holding the pose and the lead producer walks in and he goes, everyone has to go home. <laughs> An investor, we're li we're like breathing. <gasps> we're breath. literally still catching our breath. The cliche move, and he says, "Everyone has to go home." <laughs> An investor has dropped out. We will not be opening on Broadway this season. Now, it was oh it was God. like th this is the thing. I had known that the sh about what the show was for like a month. Some of the people in that room had worked on it for five, six years. The writers, yeah. ten years. It was literally like. Your dream is right across the street, but we're going to rip the carpet out from under you. See, now I feel really bad for Don't laughing. feel bad. I, you listen, this is the thing. It was an episode of Smash. It was it Look, was crazier than an episode of Smash. And How many scarves were there? Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I threw drinks and faces and it's really great. And I'm sad that we didn't respect it while we had it i feel like if we could have rallied around some it some of us did Rory. some of us did i did my part um but anyway so it was really sad and it, it was but 
we had a wonderful director, Casey Hushin, and she said, this is devastating, but let's come back into the rehearsal room tomorrow and run through the show for ourselves and some family and friends and the designers. That's amazing. And we basically had like a wake. We had like a funeral for this piece of work that we did, <laughs> and it was great. And um, the casting director, Bethany Knox, came and the designers and all these people. And it was really sad. You know, it was like a lot of pizza and beer at 10 a.m. in a totally. rehearsal room. And um, then I flew back to Los Angeles and I was like, all right, Gerald, get me pregnant. Broadway's done yeah, with me. I'm on. like, I, I'm not going to get tricked into, you know, going back to Broadway. And literally two days later, my agent called and she said, how would you like to go back to Broadway? And I said, oh, I just couldn't. I'm just so heartbroken from yeah. that. And she said, well, what if it's for the King in Hamilton? And I said, I'm at LAX. I'm on the red eye. I'll be right there. Gerald, get off me. And I'm she, going to- no, she like, Gerald was at work <laughs> and she said, do you want, I'm going to tell them that you want to do this, but do you want to talk to Gerald first? And I said, no. <laughs> He'll understand. I'll text him when I get there. Um, no, I knew that Gerald, if you know, if he was going to be supportive of of nerds, that we had we saw the King, we saw Hamilton together. We knew right. what that was. Yeah. So of course I was going to have the conversation, and and so uh, within two weeks of that happening, I was flying back to New York and rehearsing. Uh, to take over for Jonathan Groff. And the reason that happened is because right when that play was uh, um, collapsing, mm-hmm. Jonathan Groff was putting in his notice to go do Mindhunter on oh, Netflix, yeah. which is crazy. It's four months before his contract was over, but he right. had a, a good deal. And he was going to go do this amazing series with David Fincher. Yeah, which is right in my wheelhouse. Like right. Groff sauce, David Fincher. Yeah. like Absolutely. That it's my favorite yeah. It's my favorite show of all it's time, even before show. I saw it, because it's why I'm in Hamilton. I love that show. <laughs> it's your favorite show. <laughs> yes, that is the greatest show of all time. Because it Second definitely changed my life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it all comes together. And the reason that that happened and they asked me is because the casting director for Nerds, Bethany Knox, who came to that run through that day, is the casting director for Hamilton. See? And she saw me do that run through. She said, Well, Rory's funny enough to do the king, mm-hmm. and I know he's free. <laughs> I know his schedule's clear. I happen to know. Yeah, so it's the reason I was in Hamilton is because of nerds in that situation. So I, I love that it's my Hamilton story because it's such a good reminder that when like shitty things happen, when you know things don't go the way you think, some it's for a reason or something else will be revealed. Mm-hmm. But it's also a bad story because that doesn't usually happen within two days. Sometimes it's a year later, right? You know, and you have to hang on to yeah. see why not. Well, not that quickly. I, I I hear everything that you're saying, and Mike and I have have two friends of ours, and they are very. Their names are Damien and Lori, and they're very into like manifesting, and for for good reason. It has worked wonders for them. But the idea that they always talk about is like the more specific you get, the kind of not dangerous, but the more likely you are to be disappointed. Like you wanted to play the king you said like i'm gonna play the king one day Mm -hmm. you didn't know that that meant that you were gonna make this decision with gerald and then have this thing and then get your heart broken and then come back and then fly back again like you didn't say i want the king super easily even if you said that it would never happen right and all of these things i mean i have to assume and i don't mean to sound trite about it but i have to think not assume but think that maybe the ending of nerds led to a lot of good things for other people absolutely in it like patty murin yeah it went directly into <laughs> the frozen yeah. i mean 
Uh, Lindsay Mendez has a Tony Award. Uh, who? Brian Fankart went into the national tour right. of, of Waitress and Benny uh, Eldridge is in Waitress right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, mean, a lot of people had a lot of great things happen. And, and also, like, the timing of it worked out so well because you and Gerald decided you were going to be in New York anyway. Right. So it's not like the plans had to change all that much. Like, yes, the roller coaster of, all right, I'm not doing this. Now I'm home. Now I'm doing this. Right. But, like, the decision of can you be in New York for X amount of months? That that didn't right. change. No, it didn't change. The only thing that changed is that we went from this show that we were like, well, who knows what's going to happen to, oh, this is going to run maybe longer than we'll be alive. <laughs> so it was a bigger commitment. Sure. And so this thing that we thought, uh, you know, hey, it's six months, it was really a year. So... I was going to go to New York for a year and come back as often as possible. And uh, the good part was is that because we had lived here for almost a decade, Gerald loved coming to New York and was coming on on days off. And, and um, you know, we made that work. But we couldn't have made it work for much longer than that year. Yeah. So when I found out that the national tour was going to go to San Francisco and then Los Angeles, it just made perfect sense to um, join that crew. And um, that was, it was really amazing. I mean, I was in this show with the original cast, you know, mm -hmm. and that I'll never forget those moments from April of 2016 until July 9th I think that was the last mm -hmm. show that uh, for for Lynn and and Leslie and and um Philippa yes that was you know that I always remember that window because that was crazy yeah. it was a crazy period of time when I showed up to the show it hadn't really been nominated for any awards yet so it was like this entire award season that I was being dropped in the middle of and I felt like that kid who wanted to be in Les Mis I was that adult who wanted to be in Hamilton totally. whose dream came true and yeah. was just dropped in the middle of it and you know I've I've been so enthralled with Lynn and the In the Heights family for so many years because I just I love that show and I love those people and I think they are such a good group of people and I felt very much that um, the Book of Mormon family, I wanted them to be like an In the Heights family, you yeah, know, where they yeah. really kind of take care of each other and stay in touch. And, you know, we still have, I have, we have group texts with the Book of Mormon folks that, you know, that. I was just texting with them yesterday. So it's, yeah. it's that kind of a feeling. And so to be a part of Hamilton, I knew was like being welcomed into something really special. Yeah. You know, I saw you the day uh, Lynn won the Pulitzer in April. Wow. That yeah. was early on. That was early. Yeah. I think it was like my second week. Yeah. I did say like, Lynn, you weren't winning any awards until I got here. Just, I hope you just know. saying. Just like, saying. All I'm doing is reporting facts. <laughs> I show up and suddenly. Right. It's um, a thing. People yeah. are taking notice of this thing you've done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was crazy because we, you know, we share the there's like a suite where mm -hmm. Lynn's dressing room is and there's just like this little king's um dressing room inside his dressing room and so I was there for all those moments and I just I I was always trying to give him space that he deserved sure. and support <laughs> and trying not to just be the super fan because Everyone else in the original cast was immune to the excitement in terms of being able to go into the building, 
and leave all the um, uh, hurricane winds yeah, outside. Yeah, the Hamilmania, Beatlemania. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there were times where we would leave the stage and the, I saw people chase some cast members. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. That, yeah. You guys, whatever the big show is when this episode comes out in a couple weeks or what, wherever you are, please don't do that. Like, <laughs> there was a whole thing where people were chasing cabs. Now that's just dangerous. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. knocking on cabs. I mean, true Beatlemania. Yeah. Yeah. And that is just, you guys, everyone did their job on stage. Right. In the theater. Please don't put anyone in well, danger. Well, and it's also just not necessary with theater people. Like, everything is kind of, like, designated so that you can, like, have a meet and greet you know sure. it's like it's very much like this is how this is the proper way right. for you to have an experience and if people aren't going there it's because they can't at that moment um but i i literally i think i went to the stage door every single show because i was like well this is gonna be my job like i don't want these i work for 20 minutes in this show <laughs> i am gonna come out and say you know like so that these people who are really working their asses off in the mm. show you know like yeah. they don't have to feel like they're going to the door i was like i'm gonna show up <laughs> um you know and i understand i mean I, I felt like i was on the other side of those barriers just weeks before loving the show from sure. the other side yeah so um you know, it, it was the fans were were amazing. It was just overwhelming and exhausting. Oh, I mean, and a little like not scary because you're scared of the people, but it, it's just crazy. It's just the whole thing was crazy. And I think that because I was kind of dropped in the middle of it, I had to like quickly catch up to the fact that you can just go in, do your job, and not get distracted by it. Right. It right. took me a little bit of time. Yeah. It's so funny because I have so many things to say, but you just keep inadvertently quoting Hamilton, like dropped in the middle of the spot and I'll see you yes. on the other side of the, yes. and I know the listeners are they're, waiting for me to interrupt you and say that, but okay, I've been good. working on doing that. And so okay, I'm not good. doing that. So I'm just waiting for you. You know, I, I, uh, I did how many shows of Hamilton? Like 662, I think was the count. From Broadway and the tour combined? Yeah, oh, combined. Oh my God. Like 662. So I've listened to it on my own, you know, hundreds of times, but like just having it be in the background, oh. even when I'm not listening and I'm 100%. backstage, it's just like a part, it of, in. It's part of my body. Yeah, you have no... <laughs> yeah, I have no control. It's, and that's fine. The other thing about the fans from Hamilton, which are different from the hands of Mormon, which I thought, I know what it's like to be in a hit Broadway show you know I know it's like to be in a phenomenon Mm -hmm. well it's very different not just because it's a a a bigger juggernaut it's because I thought kids were coming to the Book of Mormon they were not they were college kids Mm -hmm. oh yeah kids kids Hamilton Hamilton. has children and that the fact that there's this whole other age group another decade Mm -hmm. of youth that could never go to the Book of Mormon. I mean, <laughs> the energy around it was just, it was, in, it, was, it was insane, but it was also just the most inspiring part about it to me. Yeah. So I have a question, because I've spoken to you and Morton, and uh, yes. to um, Swings who have um, played the king. But I just want to talk to you because I, everyone has a different response to this, which is like, tell me your, your approach to, to the King. Well, it, it's interesting because I was, 
I was so worried about maintaining what was already great. I didn't have to go in and try to figure out how to make this work. Right. You know, I was like, I, I, I started and maybe two weeks later, Jonathan Groff was nominated a Tony for that role. <laughs> right. So then I'm like, okay, you know, Tony voters are coming and they're seeing my performance. You know, obviously they'd all gone through for eight months and seen mm -hmm. his already. But I was like, I want to be very reverent to the work that has been done before me. Sure. And it, Tommy Kale was so good to me. Alex Lackamore, just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, and they really helped guide me to let me know that like I was going to, I, I was already there, you yeah. know, and like that I just needed to uh, enjoy it and be free. But I was not sure i was very nervous i was getting an eye twitch you know when you get anxiety uh -huh. and you get a little eye twitch I sure my do. eye was twitching and i remember which actually kind of works for the king if yeah I right yeah it's a little <laughs> mad king-esque um I, horrifying for you but just right, get right, into right. the role rory i mean come on exactly but i remember i texted Andrew Reynolds, my yeah, buddy, the buddy who was who the only person who really knew exactly uh -huh. how I was feeling at that moment yeah. because he came into the show just for a month. Mm -hmm. And so he had played the king and I said, Andrew, he said, how are you doing? I'm so excited for you. And I was like, I'm, I'm so happy. And, and also I'm really scared. Yeah. And he was like, I totally get it. I totally understand. I think it's really scary and I was scared too but at some point you just have to put on that crown and you put on that cape and you grab that scepter and you just have to say fuck it <laughs> and I was like yeah okay actually I can yes. do that I can do that and honestly like I I've never had a character change me Rory as a person mm -hmm. but playing the king really did change me and I think it's because I've I see myself as I'm Rory from Cleveland Ohio and I'm a nice guy and you know I'm midwestern and you're waving I, at me like I'm we waving <laughs> like I want to you know be open yes. and and loving mm -hmm. and when I walk on a stage that's what I want to give to an audience sure so to walk onto a stage with a that kind of an attitude is completely different for me. And to own the stage as a king, as royalty, mm. was so different. And I honestly like felt like I was able to it took it took a little while, you know, like to feel not just being a king, but being being worthy of being on this stage of Hamilton. You yeah. know, come on. Like that was a lot, especially at that time. Yes. And so luckily everyone involved couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been more lovely to me to make me feel welcome. And I think that really changed me. I think that like learning how to, to own the stage and to own yeah. myself um, as as King George the uh, third has has made me a stronger person. Yeah, it's it sounds true. hokey, but I really I think it's true. No, I don't think it's hokey at all. Like, I, I really don't because I, I love those stories of people saying oh i thought this was just going to be a fun not like you're saying that but I, I thought this was going to be one thing right and then it kind of taught me things about myself or i i realized that i could do this or i mean the minute kg3 walks on stage you're just like one you command the room but you have 
you have everyone's attention because that's one the staging yeah and because you like shut the whole thing down yeah and it's a different you know it's different than elder mckinley who again you can't take your eyes off of but at the same time like the only thing i can think of that is even a little bit of a comparison which is not at all is during uh turn it off where you scream and crash it right like that's the only kg3 Esque right. kind of where you're right. just like trying to be like la di da and right bah. right there's definitely a closeted <laughs> King George the Third inside Elder so, McKinley. Somewhere. I mean, he has pink sequins under his yes. yeah. <laughs> his yeah, outfit yeah. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler for Book of Mormon if you guys haven't <laughs> seen it, they're pink sequin vests. Now, how do you feel? The same. Then you've only got yourself to blame. You didn't pretend hard enough. Imagine that your brain is made of tiny boxes. Then find the box that's gay and crush it! Okay? No, no, I'm not having gay thoughts. All right! It worked! Rory. Yeah. Are you ready to take some questions from the Patreon peeps? I am so ready. Okay, good. They are so excited. Patreon peeps, wonder powers, activate. <laughs> Perfect. If I were Shockwave, this would be much more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Patreon peeps. Alexander. Some people have a lot of questions that are similar. So just because we don't have a lot of time, I'm shouting you guys all out. Kaylee, Kelly, Annette, they all want to know what it was like being asked to take over the ham for hams. Oh. Do you have a favorite one? And Lucy says, oh, I love Rory. He's just oh. the nicest. There was an email that Lynn posted online that he sent about hosting the ham for hams. Yeah. You guys, I will post it. And it also seemed to double as life advice. So... They want to hear yeah. about the ham for hams if you have a moment. Oh God, yeah. I I don't. I think I was ten times more scared about <laughs> ham for ham than I was about doing. Oh, it's terrifying. The show. I will never forget when Lynn walked into my dressing room and said, "Hey, after I go, would you take over ham for ham?" I said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, of course." Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, great, because I think you would be good at it. And I know that, like, uh, you've got, you know, like, you're excited to be here. And, you know, you've, you're, like, passing the baton. It's, like, a perfect, perfect thing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, because I, I mean, this is another, like, owning yourself and being, totally. like, the king. I thought, okay, he, he says in that, like, you know, you don't have to ask the biggest stars, ask uh, different people, you know? Yeah. I was like, okay, but you always walk out on Zidane Bram. <laughs> like, the biggest Broadway star right. is the guy always who, who going like to be there. Patty Lapone. Right, 
Right. But I was like, even if you're like having somebody, you know, who everyone doesn't know, sure, they yeah. know you. I would say the same thing too. Yeah. Like, I'm not you. Yeah. I mean, but I, so I was just scared, you know, I was totally scared, but, um, I talked to the cast and it was kind of just this, it was actually so good for me because it really made me feel ownership of being a part of the cast. Mm -hmm. It gave, it gave me like a leadership role Totally. and you know, it, it, it meant a lot because of course Lynn gave me, uh, king george the third but that's by committee you know and this was yeah. lynn's call and it, it you know it it was so such a special thing and i love doing it throughout that that entire rest of that summer into the fall um after he left and then the crowds just kept growing and the police department was like we can't do this forever no we've talked about it yeah i mean i remember being there where people would get their names called and run into the middle of the street like it yeah. just was not sustainable Ugh. it was just not a thing that could no but it was it was a really uh, was special fun. thing well, and my favorite was um i i, I love doing so many of them but i think uh singing the cut song with renee was congratulations very special. oh yeah that's a yeah i mean again like having renee yeah. sing to me and it was like she's just the greatest and yeah yeah so that was that was pretty great angelica becoming a parent impacted your work Ooh, i will say um it's it's changed my whole perspective and, and in a way that you're like you know you hear 
parents say that or, and you're like oh, okay yeah of course we know you love your kid or yeah, something bye. you know uh. but it's it's just you can't it's not just my work it's watching things and i watched hamilton for the first time in san francisco's opening night and during during theodosia i bawled i bawled and i couldn't believe how hard i was crying mm. to the point where the people next to me were like are you okay <laughs> They're and like, I was Sir, like, yes, pipe yes. Down. yeah, it's yeah. Like it was those damn circle. people from Mormon. Karen, now, now enough. I, yeah, God. God. Just live um, in the moment, Karen. Jeez. <laughs> but it was. It, it's. It certainly made me realize that I'm gonna be understanding a part of life in a way that I haven't before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my work is definitely changing. Yeah. Yeah. We just Gerald and I just went to. Uh, a play where there was a baby in it and we cried <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really even a moment to cry but um you you just are seeing how precious and vulnerable a baby is mm-hmm. and so it's uh you know and your 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 role in the world has become completely changed and my purpose is crystal clear now you know, whereas yeah. where you're just are constantly like, am I doing enough for myself? Am I doing enough for the world? Mm-hmm. Now I know exactly who I need to do enough for every day. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it certainly changes everything. I swear that I'll be around for you. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll make a million mistakes. I'll make the world safe and sound for you. With our young nation We'll bleed and fight for you We'll make it right for you If we lay a strong enough foundation We'll pass it on to you We'll give the world to you And you'll blow us all away Someday asking what is the most valuable piece of feedback you've ever received about your own performance and how has that impacted your future work oh wow yeah that's a good like question that. yeah um i'm trying to think celia keenan bolger and dan Riker, daniel Reichard, who was in the original jersey boys and celia who's mm-hmm. nominated for a tony this year she again her win damn it mm-hmm. um they talked about your kinds about that oh really Oh yeah, yeah. I you know I he lo- of course he loves her yeah. and I love her too. And she, they Daniel was from my high school. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and he went to University of Michigan with Celia. And they came back to teach. And I remember when I was a senior, and they were like uh, juniors going into their senior year. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Celia telling me to to have eye contact with with my scene partners, mm-hmm. and there that ha- I I remember all the advice that she was giving to me about keeping my face up and being present in a moment with the scene, my scene partner and how important that was. And it's just funny because it's almost like I think of it as the other day and that was mm, 20 years ago. Um, so it's funny now to see someone like her 
just continue to be recognized in in mm-hmm. the this community and yeah. um you know i just i really look up to her she's only a few years older than i am but um she's she's so incredible. fantastic yeah she's fantastic yeah and she certainly is uh she she has such a connection with her scene partners on stage and and the stories that she tells yeah i think she's a fantastic actress let alone great singer yeah Alex is saying, what a great guest. Book of Mormon is my favorite with a U. Oh, favorite with a U. Oh, yes. He's had so many iconic roles, but what was the hardest musical number he's had to learn in his career for a role? And why was it the hardest? Oh, God. I think it was the Twitter song. It was a song um, that I had to learn for Nobody Loves You at second stage. I played this character, Evan, who was obsessed with the reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And it was basically explaining all the different romances. It's like a bachelor okay. type dating show. And I had to list all the different love affairs. And I based it off of my friend, Sean Martin, because he's the biggest reality show um, fan there is. <laughs> so I just was like, how would Sean go through his favorite yeah. TV shows? Hey guys. It's Evan. Time for the greatest show of all time. Nobody loves you. Or, comma, as those of us in the know call it, N-L-Y. At Evan N-L-Y fan here. New season having its premiere. I love the hot new cast this year. Hashtag so excited. And as always with the show, I'll be live tweeting as we go. Sometimes with inside info. Hashtag please provide it. God, I love that Christian loves Megan even though she is a pagan and the drunkest person in the cast. And that girl Callista has already made my list of people I don't think are gonna last. Too bad, Sea Dog, you're a camera hog and the first one out the door. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait to see more. Episode three, what will they cook up? It looks like Dominic is gonna hook up with Samantha. Yep, they took up. Hashtag Evan knew it. And Christian and Megan are going strong now. So I think it won't be long now. Look at that, she's wearing a thong now. Hashtag please just do it. And Vladimir is gonna be out of here when his poem gets the lowest score. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. I can't wait when there's something I don't know that's something I hate. I can't wait, I can't wait. Who will they eliminate and who will make the final four? I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait to see more. Send. That was pretty difficult. But then I, you know, I would say the King's songs are hard. I know there's only three and they're all the same melody. No, don't say that. uh, I kept thinking like I make one wrong turn here and it'll be like we've, we've, um, that the the King has lost the war too soon. You know, I was like, well, it's hard because it's like when you, it sounds like they're all the same. And I say that in the sense where, I mean, when you and Morton was here, he was like, I came in in the first song and started singing the second one. Because it sounds like, you know, Nick Walker, Aaron Burr on, uh, in the film company was like, look, every time I start a song, it goes, how does a, yeah. And so, how does a what? Is it the yeah. Rogers Ball? Is it the first track? Is it this? Yeah. So don't, I mean, I think that's totally, totally valid. Yeah, I would have to go over the entire song before every entrance. 100%. To be like, okay, do you remember what year it is? 
All right, let's go. Yeah. The war just ended. Right. You're bummed. <laughs> <laughs> you're bummed and saying, wait, I yeah, know. Yeah. you're looking yeah. around. Um, so just lastly, I want to wrap up before we do all like all your upcoming things. So these are um, comments, not questions, okay. but they're all very lovely. So Claire is uh, saying, thank you so much for your Living the Dream podcast. It mm-hmm. has helped me a lot whenever I imagine that I'm the only one trying to figure out how the heck to live my life and not kill my soul. Ugh. So that means so much to me. <laughs> it really does. I mean, it's the only reason I started doing that was because I started during Hamilton. I love that podcast. Also, it's still around. People can find. Yeah, it. no, it's all there. It's all there. I put I've put a, a hold on it because of having the baby. And it's just, uh, as you know, it's a lot to, mm-hmm. to produce a podcast on your own. And I'm doing a podcast with the Geffen Playhouse unscripted. And it's basically, you know, the same thing. Uh, but I'm, I have a whole team of people helping totally. me produce it. Yeah. So, um, so listen to all of it, everybody. Yeah, no, it's all yeah, out bonus. there. You have like all yeah. the, double the Rory. Exactly. Uh, Lithia is saying, I don't have any questions, but he was the sweetest, kindest, most fun person I ever had the pleasure of meeting at the stage door. Aww. He made such a wonderful impression as an actor to me. My first King George heart. Oh, that that means a lot to me. Jody says that she won the lottery the day of your final Broadway performance and loved every second of it. I cheered wow. especially loudly for him at the end. Tracy is saying that she loves you, not a question, but my parent, uh, but her parents saw you the day after the 2016 election, and Oof. she said that your King George was so restorative and healing in a small way that helped the audience. Now, two other peeps jump in, Carol and Joanne. They were there in the audience that night. Also, it was mm. so memorable. You were so helpful. And Tracy just responds again. I just remember that my parents got tickets to the Wednesday matinee like forever ago. And that when you sang, when your people say they hate you, the audience energy was amazing. Yeah. I mean, they they stopped the show. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) They stopped the show. I mean, the song stopped. And, you know, I was I was crying. I'm you know, it was it was very difficult to get through that number. And it was I have to say it was part, you know, I walked into work crying and and I was very upset and we all were and the audience was clearly watching it through the lens of that day and you know that's what live theater is sure and they stopped and I conducted them through the da 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 (laughs) and so I made sure that they all sang and I was kind of I collapsed into a dresser's arms very dramatically as I left but it was a very emotional moment and I remember having a conversation with Tommy Kale afterwards in my dressing room saying, I'm just scared that the king isn't funny anymore. <sighs> when he's saying, you'll be back. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, you messed up. Mm-hmm. And, when <laughs> and you know, it's they- hard not to, it's hard. It was hard that day to not be like, wow, he was right. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's still hard, but you, I slowly could see that the audience needed the king it wasn't taunting them anymore that they were able to laugh and needed to laugh Mm. at this crazed man with a tremendously huge ego yeah uh rory i know you have you have so many things going on uh let's talk about other things we're gonna do your social media and where the listeners can find you but i know you have like pilot you have a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) so tell me all the things tell me everything yeah american princess what is american princess is Definitely for Hamilton fans. Okay. It is my TV show that premieres June 2nd mm-hmm. on Lifetime. It is produced by Genji Cohan, who did Orange is the New Black. And Weeds. And Weeds and Glow. And it takes place in a Renaissance fair. Oh, come on. And I play Shakespeare come at the on. Renaissance fair. I mean, amazing. it's basically King George. <laughs> 
at the fair. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's me and um, the my my queen Elizabeth. Ooh. We like basically are the two bitches at the fair and just judge everyone. June second, you said. June second. Okay. Um, and so it's it's the best. There's so much theater in it there's just so many great characters it's it's about um uh, a girl who lives on the upper east side of manhattan i'm right here Rory. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a she's like a, a socialite and she's about to get married to oh. this guy and then she runs away to the Rena- renaissance fair, the Ren fair and yeah and escapes into that world Perfect. yeah tell me real quick broadway impact that yeah. is so 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 important yeah no thank you so much broadway impact is the organization that i started with gavin creel and jenny canellos about marriage equality and fighting for marriage equality and we've been you know worked on that for years and now i'm married for that was there you go we did it it. um but we also have been doing something called belt the vote which Mm -hmm. is voter registration that's the hashtag right yes hashtag belt the vote and so we've been getting everyone registered we had all the shows on broadway were involved and uh hopefully we'll have a very big presence in 2020 so what can we do if, you know, people aren't voting like this week? Can we just go? Is there a website or something? You go to beltthevote.org look- and you can register to vote. I mean, there's you need to have the conversations now mm-hmm. with everyone about registering. Right. I will tell you this. There are lots of people who, especially in the theater world, think it's the other people who need to register. It's the other people who aren't up on where to vote or how to vote. No, mm. we in our community need to talk to each other and make sure that we're registered and ready to vote and know to vote because you would be shocked once you start having those conversations about who just is too afraid to register, too afraid to vote because it's just overwhelming. And if we do it together, it won't be overwhelming. And some people think like, oh, I live in a state that is okay. I don't have to. No, 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 no. That's not a thing. Absolutely not. That's not a thing. Not a thing. You absolutely have to register to vote. It's just an excuse. Sorry. You have to register. You have to vote. Decisions that are being made on every level of government are so important, and especially if you care anything about the arts. Funding for the arts is so, so important, and there are people making terrible decisions about them in many different parts of the country that you know you would think would be fine. So you you, you have to yeah. do your civic duty. I mean, come on. If don't you, feel comfortable. It's, don't get comfortable, no. you guys. It's not comfortable. If you love Make Hamilton, moves. if you love Alexander A. Ham, for <laughs> God's sakes. You know, it's like the first thing that you need to do is register and, and vote. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for taking some Thanks time out of, of your uh, New York trip. Uh, they, where can the people find you on the social media? You can find me at Rory O'Malley on Twitter mm-hmm. or on Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rory O'Malley oh. or I'm a little more formal. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Dress code, please. Yeah. Go right. Visit Rory O'Malley yeah. on the Instagram. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, Rory, this has been such a thrill. Um, I hope to see you maybe next time when you're in New York or yeah. if you're still here, not with microphones. Absolutely. Um, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. I am G. Pen. And I am R. O. Apostrophe M.
Simulcast is brought to you by my love of the thing, TM, and my complete lack of chill. Please join me in raising all the glasses to Sir Alex Lacamoire for generously making my intro music and this custom Yorktown arrangement that I will never, ever get over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. To become a Patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests, get tons of behind-the-scenes access, and join the best, kindest, and most welcoming corner of the internet, go to patreon.com slash thehamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag Team No Chill. I'm at The Hamilcast on all social media, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know Mike, and can be found at theresiduals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of Theater People and Broadway Backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution!